Welcome back to Burgers and Bra. I'm your host, Braxton Poe. Co-host Matt Marks is currently in Lithuania scouting and reporting for the next LeBron James. So I have Jacob Clements here with me. He's been on the show before. Jacob, you ready to do this? Oh, yeah. I'm totally ready to do this, Braxton. Totally ready. Totally ready. It's going to be a great day. <laughs> All right. Let's start with our first segment, what's cooking on the grill. Jalen Hurts announced he is transferring to the University of Oklahoma. What a great day to be a Sooner fan. They had Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. Now they have Jalen Hurts, who's already won a national championship. Lincoln Riley's just doing something special. Yeah, I mean, I would say that, like, I mean, for basically, you know, for a five-year period, you know, including next year, we um, have basically had gods at quarterback. And so, you know, Jalen continuing this time-honored tradition of great senior quarterbacks is amazing, in my opinion. It's crazy how every... The past two Heisman Trophy winners have all been transfers. Yeah, you know, I really think that's just Lincoln Riley working his magic. You know, he's a really good um, developer of players, and I think that that will continue with Jalen because, um, you know, when he went to Alabama, he was one of the top-ranked dual-threat quarterbacks in the nation. And, you know, especially out of Houston where he has exposure to um, the offenses that are close to kind of like what Lincoln Riley runs and with Nick Saban instituting the spread. I think Jalen Hurts is going to fit right on in. Yeah, I've spoke to some football players, and they said they're ecstatic to have Jalen Hurts as their quarterback, and I, I would be too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And uh, I don't know if you saw Braxton as well. Uh, Spencer Rattler tweeted out um, a photo of him with Jalen Hurts. and um, Horns down, right? Oh, yeah, always horns down. <laughs> and, uh, you know, basically uh, told the media that Lincoln was straight up about bringing Jalen in, and Spencer was excited to learn under him. So I think that... You know, for the next you know five years as well, we're still going to be set at quarterback. And that's so. crazy too, because Jalen Hurts was a huge Texas fan growing up. Mm-hmm. So to see him do the horns down is just bittersweet. Uh, you know, I think I can't wait to see Jalen in OU Texas. I think he's going to go in and kick some butt, and uh, I'm ready to see uh, Sam Ellinger's quarterback draw to the right stopped. Yeah, OU needed a experienced quarterback for this mm-hmm. year. They needed Jalen Hurts. Give mm-hmm. Spencer Radler a year to train under him, see what he does. Maybe they have four Heismans back-to-back. Oh, yeah. So, speaking of the Heisman, the top three going into this offseason, Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tagovailoa, and then Jalen Hurts. Those were the top three before Jalen transferred. And Jalen was a far-back three. But now, since he's transferred to Oklahoma, he's a lot closer to uh, Tua in the second spot. And I wouldn't be surprised if he could win the Heisman next year because his stats are going to go way up. Not just because he'll be the starter, but because he is playing in the air raid offense. Mm-hmm. Defenses are, it's harder to stop the offenses in the Big 12. Definitely. I actually, I'm going to be a little bit, um, I'm going to be a little bit more forward with my Heisman predictions. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, like, admittedly, yes, he had a great year um, standing in. He, I mean, he started out as a third string. Um, Tua, obviously, he will produce, um, although I do have concerns about how Nick Saban's, uh, coaching staff basically all leaving and deserting uh, will have that effect on Tua and the offense as well as the defense at Alabama. You see Nick Saban didn't even realize one of his assistants took the Miami job until someone asked him that question. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think Nick Saban, you know, at this point, you know, he's had so many guys in here. And so I think at this point he's just realizing it's turning into a coaching factory. Um, trying to rehab some guys like Bruce Jones, who I think is still, or Butch Jones, Butch Jones, um, who will, I think is staying on. Um, but I will say that 
Jalen, I think, could uh, easily compete with Trevor Lawrence for that one spot. Um, you know, especially you don't have the wide receiver talent in Alabama like I feel like we do here at Oklahoma. And I think with these new five stars coming in and Lincoln Riley reloading, I think um, Jalen can make a good run at it this year. Yeah, I think my I, Trevor Lawrence does not play the type of caliber that Tua would or mm-hmm. even Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Because the ACC is one of the weakest conferences, in my opinion. Bottom oh, yeah. two, for sure. So, the four, our, we'll go through our, our top four teams for next year, what mm-hmm. we personally believe. Right now, I've still got to go with Bama. They just produce every year. They're always in the national championship. Clemson's been there too, but I just think Bama can always get it done. They always know how to win those big games. And then number two, I'll go Clemson, defending national cham- champions. And then three, I have to go OU with Jalen Hurts now. Mm-hmm. Got to go with OU. And then Ohio State. Okay. Justin Fields, we'll see how he does. Hoping he's not a bust, I think they can make the playoff next year as well. Awesome. I would say my top four, and I'm not a set on the four spot here. I would actually say Clemson at number one. Um, I think, you know, being in that weak conference, you know, I think that will help them keep stay undefeated and keep that number one spot. I would go Alabama at number two. Although I will, um, this is kind of a hot take. I will call that Alabama may potentially lose a game um, this upcoming season before the playoff. Yeah, LSU will probably be pretty mm-hmm. good. So LSU, and then as well. Um, you know, in the SEC Championship, the SEC East right now is pretty much starting to get wide open with Florida starting to make a good run at Kentucky this year. Georgia obviously still staying at the top. And so I think that, um, obviously, I agree with you on LSU, um, but I think Alabama definitely has potential with the talent in the SEC East now to lose their conference championship. Um, I would actually say Oklahoma at number three. Um, you have to go with Jalen Hurts. Um, and I think that, you know, that would be... Um, Obviously, assuming everything works out, I think that would be an intriguing matchup for the committee to go back to the Sugar Bowl with. Um, and then as well, a um, little bit of a dark horse thing on this. I'm going to actually say that Notre Dame does have another undefeated season and goes into the playoffs again. That's a bold t- That's a hot take. It is a hot take, but at the same time, Ohio State, you know, I think with um, Greg Schiano being out, with uh, Alex French being hired here at Oklahoma, I think that their defense will suffer and, I mean, I think that this has been proven the past couple of years. You can have historic offenses, and then if you don't have a defense, you can't win a championship. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so moving on to some more football action. NFL championship weekend this weekend. Mm-hmm. The number two, New England Patriots. Number two, they're not the first seed in the AFC this year. At the number one, Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be freezing cold, 20 degrees. Chiefs are favored by three. Who you got in this matchup? You know, honestly, I'm surprised the Chiefs aren't favored by more. Um, <laughs> you know, Tom Brady has had 38 playoff games. Only seven of those have been away from New England. And of those seven, he's only won three. Kansas City, in my opinion, has the MVP in Mahomes. Um, and at this point, I think they have more weapons that they can expose. And the only reason that I'm saying this as well, and uh, y'all may call me out on this, but like, wait, they faced off in the regular season and New England won. Is that New England? cold environment in Kansas City with a hungry fan base that's trying to get back to its first Super Bowl in like 49 years. Like, this is going to be this is going to be a good one and I got Kansas City. Yeah, the Chiefs haven't been to the Super Bowl since Super Bowl V, I believe. Yeah. They haven't won a playoff game since 1994 at Kansas City. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, both offenses are explosive. Kansas mm-hmm. City with the more weapons and Tyreek Hill 
and now Damian Williams is coming on, mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, but both have particularly weak defenses. True, and I think that's why, like, we will see a shootout. Um, I can see the, you know, I mean, I can see why people are saying that Kansas City is favored by three, but I think with as much of a shootout potential as this has, I'm surprised Kansas City isn't favored by a touchdown because those teams are going to want to score touchdowns. I think the Chiefs should be favored by 20. But, True. But the only reason they aren't is because Tom Brady is on the other side. Games they should lose, Tom Brady somehow wins. Mm-hmm. I, t- you can't bet against Tom Brady. You want to. You think you should, but you can't because he just finds a way to win. Well, part of it, I think, also is that um, it's not necessarily Tom Brady. Is is someone just kind of like you know how in fantasy, like everyone just has an off day and then just completely go off. Like Derrick Henry had that like forty-eight point game um, one week. You know, I mean, I think it's either that for Tom Brady and he gets saved by his terrible play uh, with say like an amazing defense or some amazing catches by Gronk, or he gets saved by the refs. <laughs> and so I think that. You know, that's something that's going on with Tom Brady, although I think this is finally a year where we can bet against Tom Brady safely. I think it I think it is too. Here's some team averages. On the offensive side, passing yards per game, New England two hundred and sixty six, Kansas City three oh nine. So that's a big jump. Mm-hmm. Run yards per game. New England one twenty seven, Kansas City one fifteen. So they're about even. Points, New England twenty five, Kansas City thirty three. Yeah. I mean and I would say as well, you know, Kansas City, I mean, Mahomes in the regular season passed for 50 touchdowns and, you know, 5,100 yards or something crazy like that. I mean, that the 50 touchdowns hadn't even been done since Peyton Manning. The and, GOAT. Yeah, Peyton Manning is the GOAT. Um, also GOAT of Papa John's. <laughs> and, um, you know, as well, like throwing for 5,100 yards is incredibly crazy. Um, the Chiefs are probably the most like the Big 12. Um, in fact, I'm honestly surprised Cliff Kingsbury didn't get hired on as special consultant um, just because of how similar they are because they've really built it around Mahomes. And so I think that, you know, that's why the Chiefs will win it tonight. Yeah, here's some on the defensive side. New England gives up 246 passing yards a game, while Kansas City is 273. Running yards a game, New England gives up 112, Kansas City 132 points per game. Against New England, nineteen; Kansas City, twenty-five. So New England's defense is a little better, pretty medium yeah. size better. But Kansas City's offense is just—it's insane. So explosive. It's insane. One guy can have an off day, but you still have to worry about four other guys. Oh yeah, I mean, like, and that's why I brought up the comment about Big Twelve. That's essentially what Big Twelve football is. I think that's where everyone is heading now, um, especially in the NFL, especially with the recent hire of Cliff Kingsbury at the Cardinals. Um, and so I think that that's why Kansas City will win it is because New England can't defend against teams that have that many options. Yeah, it's hard for any team to, honestly. Mm-hmm. Any team. Even the Colts, who had a great defense, couldn't defend oh, yeah. them. 31-13. to 13. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Kansas City defense horrendous, but they showed up last week against the Chargers. Phillip Rivers, they showed up. Mm-hmm. So I think their defense can show up again, stop Tom Brady, you just got to get pressure on Brady and keep Gronk covered. And then yeah. they like to run the short um, out route or short passes to the running back. So you got to cover that. Play his own. Play his own. Oh, yeah. Cover three, baby. Tom Brady can't throw into his own. Let's be real here. Tom Brady does well when it's man. Yep. And I think that basically if you just um, – I think there was this actually kind of similar play um, 
Oh gosh, what was it? It was the West Virginia Kansas game at KU this year. Um, not the basketball one, by the way. Go Mountaineers for that. Um, but basically, uh, West Virginia dropped everyone into coverage except two people, and Kansas still completed the pass. But at the same time, you know Tom Brady, I think better against man uh, defenses than he is against the zone, and I think that Kansas City will come out running the zone. Tom Brady is going to have some trouble throwing some passes. And I think that's going to be the real difference in this game. Yeah, the cold, I, the cold will affect it, so I think it'll be more of a run first too. Mm-hmm. So with the explosiveness of Damian Williams coming on late into the scene after Kareem Hunt got kicked off, I think that helps them. But New England still has ball carriers with them. Like, oh yeah, they can catch some short passes. They can run. Um, but I think the game will be close going into the third and into the fourth, basically. I think the Chiefs find a way to pull it out into the fourth, just dominating the run game and then opening up the passing lanes. Because if, if you stop one, mm-hmm. you can't stop the other. Oh, yeah. That's just how it's going to be. So, Chiefs c- favored by three. I'm going Chiefs to cover 31-28 at home. Awesome. I, I agree with you. This could be wrapped up in the fourth quarter with the Chiefs. I think this has great potential to be an overtime game, which we all know we love NFL overtime, right? And so, um, but I actually, I'm going to agree with uh, co-host Matt Marks, who's currently in Lithuania. Um, I'm going to go 35-28. Chiefs. 35-28. Seven points, wow. Yeah. I feel like it could be more, but you just can't bet against Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady, I mean, let's be real here. Um, You know, there are really 16 members of the Patriots out on the field at once. You got the five refs and you got the 11 guys out on the Patriots. So, (laughs) I think that that's what's going to go on there. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, next game, we got the number two Los Angeles Rams at the number one New Orleans Saints. Saints are favored by three as well. This this game could go either way. I can see it going either way, honestly. Both offenses are high scoring. Both defenses are a little weak. The Rams are weaker than the Saints. Mm-hmm. But it should be a high scoring game, like a Big 12 game, like it was last time. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's even as much entertaining. You know, and I think that this is something that's going to go on here. Um, cause, and I think this is something where I would say I am picking the Saints. I will, um, I'm going to do a uh, little, probably, I don't know, we're here. I think this could be about the same score as Chiefs Patriots, um, maybe a little bit more, um, maybe like 38 um, 31 mm-hmm. Saints, but I think that. Uh, what's going on here? Um, there's a little bit more data on this. Saints and Rams have played each other twice this season. Once in the regular season, once in the preseason. Um, and I think that that's where it comes down to it is that New Orleans does know how to shut down people at home. And so... place is crazy to play. New Orleans fans mm-hmm. are crazy. But yeah. here's some, some stats as well. So passing yards per game. LA, 281. New Orleans, 252. Running yards, L.A. 139, New Orleans 126. Points, L.A. 31, New Orleans 29. So the Rams have the or the edge on the offensive side of the ball, which I can see that because Jared Goff is, and Todd Gurley is just a mat, nightmare matchup for defenses. But then on the defensive side, we got passing yards per game, L.A. 236, while New Orleans is giving up 268 y- passing yards. LA is giving up 122 rushing yards while New Orleans only gives up 80. 
Only that 80 is, rushing that yards. That is incredibly impressive. So if they can do that against Todd Gurley, mm-hmm. they can pull it out. And then points a game, LA's giving up 22, while New Orleans 20. So even there. Yeah. But the edge is the Rams on the statistical side of the game. Yeah, you know, I understand the statistics on that. I think what's really going on here, though, is that, um, you know, while you have Anderson for the Rams as well, who's an excellent fill-in for Tom Brady um, in the uh, unfortunate win against the Cowboys, I think that the Saints had the more balanced running attack. And I think that, you know, with Kamara and Ingram, um, you know, as well with Michael Thomas and all their other weapons, I think that the Saints physically are more balanced, whereas the Rams... Um, it's kind of like you've got too many options to choose, and I don't think Jared Goff um, is as intellectual of a quarterback as Mahomes is and really can't deal with that as much. So that's why I do have the Saints going on in that. Yeah, the Saints, they had a rough game last week against the Eagles. They only won 20-14. to 14. I mean, yeah, but the Eagles, um, you know, the Eagles have been a very, the Eagles have been a conundrum to some teams, and I think that, you know, you either have really high-scoring games with the Eagles or you have really low-scoring game with the Eagles. And I think that using the eye test here, I think that the Saints, while it was an ugly game, I think that the Saints clearly had the better offense in that case with that balanced running attack, and I think that's why they ended up winning it. They they did, but they were one pass that doesn't go through Alshon Jeffrey's hands to, winning, to losing that game. The yeah. Eagles had a great chance to win that game, and Alshon Jeffrey, who... Quote, I have the best hands in the NFL, drop the ball. Well, he certainly proved that this uh, past <laughs> weekend. But, no, I will say that, like, and I think that's, you know, more of a fault in the Saints' defense at that point. Um, but at this point, you know, with the with the Rams and the Saints, I think that, you know, really all these games that are going on are going to be offensive matchups. I think that's why I still got the Saints, because in my opinion, they've got the more balanced game. Yeah, but the Rams have, since the last time they played, the Rams' defense has improved over the course of the season, since is, they last played. That is true. Um, however, I still think they've been spotty at times. Um, they have improved, yes. I mean, they did They did a pretty good number on the, on the Cowboys, um, if we're being real here. Can't be that hard. Yeah, I mean, true. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think that... This is kind of like the big stage. You've got, you've got the one into the two seed, and I think that that's what it comes down to. We'll see how the defense performs under pressure. Um, yeah, the Saints just yeah. haven't been looking that great. The last five games of the season, they've just been spotty. They haven't looked good. The Rams have just been powerful and just looking great. I mean, yeah. Um, I definitely understand where you're coming from that. I think at this point, though, it's kind of like the um, old saying of you just got to make the playoffs and then went out from there. <laughs> and I think that that's what the Saints are going to prove tonight as well, or today. And, you know, I think that they're basically, I think it's basically just like a faucet. They can turn it off and turn it on whenever they want. Um, you know, I admit uh, during the first three games of those of that five-game sputter, it's a little bit concerned, um, especially heading towards the regular season with losing to Carolina. Um, that almost, was Almost losing to Tampa Bay, too. Should have lost. Yeah. So that is very concerning, but at the same time, I think that they're starting to try and rest some people, get some new people in there, um, just to try and get some more experience. Because um, at that point, um, you know, even after that three-game skin, I think they still had um, the lock on the playoffs. And so at that point, it's just kind of like, well, if we got the lock, we might as well 
try and get some new guys some experience, try and rest our good guys for the playoffs. Yeah. I want to see Drew Brees in the Super Bowl. Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. I want to see him in there. I just don't know if it'll happen. But if the Rams win, if they go to the Super Bowl, if they win the Super Bowl, the NFL is changing. It's already changing mm-hmm. now, but it's just going to change oh, even yeah. quicker. I mean, Everyone's going to be air raid. Everyone's just going to be moving the ball. The NFL is heading for a major shift if yeah. the Rams win the Super Bowl. And, you know, Jared Goff, I think, is kind of like the earlier pioneer. I think Mahomes is kind of the true first person on that. Um, obviously, because he got in a year before Baker. I think, you know, with uh, Baker at the Browns and them building it up. And I think that, um, you know, with the higher Freddie Kitchens, that's really going to happen. And as well with um, Kyler Murray potentially being drafted. Um, some sources have even said he's going to go as high as number one because uh, Cliff Kingsbury wants him. And so, imagine which, that Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> that you know, I mean, it really just kind of proves that the air raid coaching tree is going everywhere. Um, you know, thank you, Bob Stoops and Mike Leach. It doesn't even um, matter your record yeah. anymore, as long as you were in the air raid, you oh, yeah. can get hired somewhere in the NFL, which yeah. is crazy. I mean, you don't. Never before has anyone gotten fired from basically the lo- I would say the least valuable coaching job in the Big Twelve because I mean you have to live in Lubbock <laughs> and then going to the NFL, which admittedly that is the least valuable coaching job. But even then, you're in the NFL. You're yep. one of 32 head coaches. Yep. Like that's an exclusive club. Yep. So the some some keys for the NFL game for the Rams versus New Orleans. The Saints need to get Michael Thomas involved. Mm-hmm. He's been looking great. He's got 1,400 yards on the season and then nine touchdowns. But he, he's he been looking great to f- in that Drew Brees offense. And then for the Rams, New Orleans has only given up 80 rushing yards a game. You've got to get Todd Gurley going. Got to get him going early, open up the passing game. If you get Todd Gurley going, I, it should be a dominating win for the Rams. Yeah, you know, I definitely agree with you on that. It really could go either way. Um, I'm still going to go Saints 38-31, though, because I think um, – you know, Michael Thomas will be involved in the passing game. I think Kamara is going to be involved in the passing game, too, as he has proven throughout the season. And so um, that's why I still got the Saints in a relatively high-scoring game, 38-31. Um, but you also have to wonder, um, where would the Saints team have been if Des Bryant hadn't gotten injured? And so you have <laughs> to wonder. forget that. Yeah, so you have to wonder, you know, essentially, you know, for all the crap that Des Bryant gets on whether he caught it or not against Green Bay, you know, the dude is an amazing wide receiver, and I think that, you know, if the Saints still had him, you know, the Saints would be favored by probably about, you know, 10 and a half, 11. So, that does make you wonder. Yeah. I've got to go Rams 38-24. I think Ooh. they cover the spread, too. I think both teams cover the spread today. I, I agree with you. This is going to be a fun game. Yep. So, Jacob, on this day in history, in 1809... My my distant cousin, Edgar Allan Poe, was born in Boston, Massachusetts. Wow, that is you know really cool. I remember reading some of his books in middle school and then immediately forgetting them. So, <laughs> quote the Raven forevermore, and that he wrote the Raven in 1844, one of his most popular poems, one of the best of all time. I think he's personally one of the best writers of his time and historically. I would I would agree with you on that. He's definitely up there. Um, you know, actually, for my day in history, I got a little bit more recent fact. Um, I, back in about like 2015, and this is a football-related fact too, the NFL started considering 
um, this incredibly rare rule in college called the conversion safety and allowing it because it used to be if the ball hit the ground it was declared dead. Now, um, since then, you've got the conversion safety, which is a one-point safety. A one-point safety. One-point safety. It is that only can't be real. It's only happened twice in college football history against uh, Texas and Texas A&M and uh, Kansas State and Oregon State. So, I mean, of course you'd expect Bill Snyder to pull it out somehow. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, basically, um, the count on the Kansas State-Oregon uh, game, basically Kansas State uh, blocked kick uh, for an extra point, um, took it back to their end zone, fumbled it, um, ball was declared dead by the defense, Oregon picked it up, one-point safety. So that was on this day in history in 2015. The NFL started considering it. Who would have thought that would be a thing? I know, right? So we'll move on to some NBA action. So Boogie Cousins returns return to the Warriors Wednesday night. What? Oh my! What a devastation for the rest of the NBA. Just when we thought we had him, they came back from the dead and they got Boogie Cousins back. I mean, let's let's be real here. The Warriors are basically like Thanos at this point. Like they've got all six stones, and you're wondering like what the heck is about to happen. And you know the rest of the NBA is like the Avengers fighting off in Wakanda. And so <laughs> I really think that this is dangerous. Um, I really think that Adam Silver should have blocked this in the first place because um, it creates an unfair advantage. But um, you know, with the Warriors trying to re-sign everyone next year, Kevin Durant. Um, I think they let Draymond Green go. Draymond Green will be let go. I think, you know, he's proven himself uh, very flamboyant um, in some games, um, especially with the fact that, you know, he got another technical um, ejection. But I think that, you know, I think that uh, Boogie is going to go somewhere else. I think Kevin Durant is going to go somewhere else, too, because I don't think that... Um, I think no longer are people on the Warriors going to take a pay cut. Yeah, Boogie said, however, a few weeks ago that he would want to stay in Golden State. But I think one person that needs to leave is Clay Thompson. Go get a max contract somewhere, Clay. Go get your money. If Harrison Barnes can get $90 million or whatever for being Harrison Barnes, go get your max contract for $200 million. All right, Clay, Clay? Clay Thompson goes somewhere like the Cavs. Or someone that just like really needs it, someone like Miami who's trying to figure out how to replace D Wade, which even though like he has been on the decline, is still an amazing player for them. You know, Clay Thompson could go over to the, uh, you know, go over to the East, and I think that, you know, like you said, he could get that max contract. And I think, you know, at some point you have to wonder how much longer is he going to play, you know, third, fourth fiddle. Yeah, go get your money. You've already you're going to get four rings this year probably. So go yeah. get your max. Go get your money, Clay. And you know what? I'm going to call Durant go somewhere else. New York? Um, no, actually. I think Durant will go back to D.C. Why? <laughs> There's no one out there. No one out there, but at the same time, I think that gives him an opportunity to shine, kind of like his old Seattle days. Um, and as well. Or he can go shine in New York with Kristaps. Maybe Kyrie. I mean, yeah, if York. Kyrie goes there, then I definitely see New York. I think that Durant, though, um, at this point, um, you know, personally, in my opinion, um, I don't think he would be coming back to OKC, especially with how well Paul George and Russell Westbrook is going. I don't think you want to mess that chemistry up. Um, but I definitely think he would go to a team that really needs some help. If Kyrie goes to New York, although he is looking like he might stay with the Celtics, 
um, just because they are starting to increase, and he's really kind of taking that leadership role on. Um, I think that you know Durant could go somewhere where he could be the only option. Um, but if Kyrie goes to New York, definitely New York. Yeah, Kyrie called LeBron James, thanking him for his experience in Cleveland. Because mm-hmm. Kyrie at the time didn't understand that he needed guidance because he was just that young kid who didn't need all the spotlight yet. Oh, yeah. But now he's finally realizing that. Called LeBron James, told him he was sorry. That, that was a good move, Kyrie, because LeBron James is the GOAT, so don't disrespect him. Mm-hmm. And then so here's some standings in the conference's top three. In the East, we have the Bucks, Raptors, and Pacers. The Pacers are a dark horse. Who who saw that coming? I mean, Oladipo, man, I think he really took a growing year under Westbrook. Um, you know, going from Orlando to the Thunder, definitely a more offensive-minded team, or, you know, just scoring points in general. Um, you know, going to the Pacers with Sabonis. Um, you know, I really think that that is a very deadly combo. Um, and the East, you know, after LeBron left, was wide open. Because um, now the NBA has to figure out how it's going to get LeBron in the finals in the West and still ha- somehow keep the Warriors. So yep. I think that the East is wide open. Not surprised by that at all, though. Yeah, in the West, we have the Warriors, who just overtook Denver, who held mm-hmm. that number one spot for the longest time. They just overtook them a few days ago. And then Denver is half a game back of the Warriors, and then we got OKC two and a half games back. OKC with the crazy crazy win over Philly um, last night Philly hasn't OKC has beaten Philly the last 17 times Philly hasn't beaten Oklahoma City since 2008 yeah I mean like <laughs> I think it was honestly the the first time that they played the 76ers is when OKC lost and I mean we all remember how crappy that OKC team was oh. and I think that just proves that Sam Presti was right by shelling out that money for Paul George um, and letting Melo go. Yeah, Paul George is finally becoming a clutch player. He wasn't. He was not a clutch player in Indianapolis. He was a great player, but he was not clutch. But in Oklahoma City, he's becoming a clutch player down uh, the stretch. My uh, honestly, Paul George is definitely in my top three for MVP right now. Um, definitely Giannis, uh, Paul George, and then um, you know at this point, I will say. Um, Kawhi is definitely a dark horse for me as well because he's tearing it up in Toronto. Yeah, I've got to go James Harden just because he dropped another forty-point game, True. and then I've got to go. I'll go Paul George, and then Giannis. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on Harden. Um, I just think at some point he's going to sputter out um, because I mean that happened last season um, where he had those historic runs. Um, I don't think he'll win MVP again, um, but I definitely think he's definitely in the mix. Yep. All right, moving on to our final segment. Who would you share a burger and brat with? I'll let you start, Jacob. You know what? I'm going Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. This guy, man, you know, getting Baker from Tech, right, and basically be like, come play for me. You don't have to deal with Cliff Kingsbury. You know, developing Baker into a Heisman winner. Then you got Kyler coming in from A&M. And, you know, I mean, let's be real here. A&M, um, I don't get why you're paying $10 million to go 8-5 and five again. Um, that is completely beyond me, but have fun with that. Um, you get Kyler coming in. He's amazing. Um, won the Heisman as well. I think he, at this point you have to make the case. I think this is literally the case that Lincoln Riley made to Jalen Hurts. Is, look, I'm 2-for-2 two two on Heismans. Why don't we go 3-for-3? Three three? And as well with the wide receiver and defensive recruiting... Um, and just recruiting in general and replacing everyone in the O-line um, with some very high-up recruits, I think that Lincoln Riley 
Definitely a genius I wouldn't share a burger brought with. Uh, he's he's a genius. They've won two back-to-back Heismans. They've been to the playoff back-to-back years. Now, if we can just get that playoff win, that'd be great. <laughs> or a national championship. Yeah. But, all right, for me, I'm going a little different. I'm going Colin O'Brady. Oh. Colin O'Brady. He's a he's 33-year-old explorer. He became the first unaided person to complete a solo trek across Antarctica. A solo trek across Antarctica. Antarctica is actually a desert. It, it is. It's a frozen <laughs> desert. So, I would not want to live there. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the first to cross the Arctic before, but he's the first to do it without assistance. So, he this this is what happened. He traveled 930 miles in just 54 days, lugging 375 pounds all by himself. All by himself. 375 pounds for 54 days. No hamburgers. No steaks. Mm. No in and out. You know, None of that. I, I don't think I could eat MREs for that long if we're being real here. Props to him. He, he did something that's completely unique. Props to him for that. 54 days. Just... The vast Arctic, no no monuments to look at, just nothing, just desert. Maybe some polar bears. That'd be cool to see a polar bear, I guess. Polar bears in the Arctic. Oh yeah. <laughs> he could see some penguins though, and as we all know, penguins are adorable. <laughs> they are. <laughs> all right, that'll wrap it up for Burgers and Brats. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Burgers and Brats. Thank you for coming out, Jacob, while Matt's in Lithuania scouting the next LeBron James. Oh, yeah. Anytime, man. Glad to be here. (laughs) All right. See you guys next week.